Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is episode 52 and we'll be discussing the Huddersfield game, that Torreira goal. Looking ahead to the Europa League or Carabag, uh, do we play the kids Southampton? All those yellow cards at injuries, how are we going to deal with that? The Arsenal women's team and how they're doing. The Guna debate, including the Raheem Sterling situation at Chelsea. A big show, lots to cover. Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Good evening, boys. An Arsenal podcast. He shouldn't be leaving, give him a contract, but he doesn't. By Arsenal fans. He's one of our own and I think he's brilliant. For Arsenal fans, Lyndon, you still got to go out and beat these teams, and that's exactly what we're doing. This is your Arsenal podcast. Wow, what a result. Guns and yellow ribbons. Would he do that every week? I don't think so. There's a new feeling about the club. You heard we got our Arsenal back. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good whatever you are in the world. Um, it's Guns and Yellow Ribbons. We're back, episode 52. One might think that means we're here a year, but we've actually got 63, 64 episodes up between a couple of specials that we've done uh, with Andy, with um, uh, with Mike, with uh, plenty of the other guys, with James in uh, Sydney. Uh, we've done Guna to Gunas. We've done a few different little bits. Beers we brav, that's a good one as well. Um, so yeah, hope you've been enjoying our last year of uh, podcasts. Today I'm joined by initially by uh, uh, John Burton Sullivan, a favourite, 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 very famous. Uh, songwriter Johnny from the Food Bank. Hello. E- explain your John Burt Sullivan name that's on our screen here. Or well, mainly it's to wind you up because my song is doing really well and nobody gives a shit about yours. <laughs> Manny, how are you? I'm alive. You're alive. What you I'm you alive. full of man flu or something like that? No. Just stuff. Can't really go into it, but yeah, I'm I still alive. Like, uh, well, we were wondering whether you were or not because you were late. Oh, for goodness' sake, man! It's only four Again. minutes. Like, get over it. Again, get over it. There's been worse offenders, and you know it. Like, just get over it. Yeah, it's not you. That bad. No, well, sure. at least you turn up on like Ozil. Uh, this is true, but yeah, Ozil's man on the website, so that's his job. No, I'm talking at the about minute. the real Ozil. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, actually talked about Ozil. There was somebody else who was a bit of a Boston Ozil, or maybe more a, a Leighton Ozil. Where were you what? Saturday? Oh, let's not even go into that, please. I'd, I'd rather not. I was meant to oh. be there, and I'm actually really, really pissed I wasn't, but it was out of my control, unfortunately. Ugh. Okay. So, shit, basically. Stuff. Shit. What the hell shit happened happens. to you? Because I saw, cause I saw um, who was it that uploaded that? Um, a picture of you in a bathtub. Oh, Gary. Gary, Gary. <laughs> I wasn't in a bathtub. I, 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 was in, I was in the hot tub, and I actually DM'd them saying, for fuck's sake, guys, stop trawling through my personal photos and making no, memes out no, of them. No, 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 no. See, see here's, the, here's the thing about memes, right? If you put your personal pictures out there, you run the risk of being a meme. So that's your fault. 
Mm, my personal my personal timeline stays separate from my Guns and Yellow Vins and my Arsenal Fans Forum. Uh, I I separate Fergus. them very much because I've got Fergus. a lot of professional friends uh, on there as well. Fergus. Let's not go into that because I said, no, people, people don't want to hear this shit, do they? There are no rules out here, okay? There are no rules. You put your pictures out there, you run the risk of that happening to you. There are no rules. Mm, true, true. Well, I had a complete nightmare trying to get down for the meetup. Um I we, we had a missing cat. Um, uh, oh, did you and, find him? Uh, Bobby came back. Yes, that's the one. You know the, the one you saw with no tail. Yeah, yeah the yeah, old yeah. one. Yeah, he mm. he went out on the first. Just out, he went out celebrating Arsenal's um, victory against Tottenham, <laughs> <laughs> and he never came yeah. back. <laughs> he went on a week long bender. Honestly, it was just just uh, he ended up a mile away. Which for an old cat, he's fifteen years old. It was it was quite surprising. But uh, the power of Facebook got him back. But between that and picking up my grandkids, my mother in law, and having them here, when I went back down to London again to. Um, to, to watch the Huddersfield game, I had to meet up with my director of, uh, of my business because I had tickets sorted out for him. I basically had about, well, I had one shandy and uh, about half hour or so in the pub with the guys for the for the for the meetup. But it was all right. It was all right. And uh, we went and saw a game that wasn't necessarily riveting. It was the uh, Arsenal versus Huddersfield Town. A lot God of history. Awful. <laughs> I know a lot. (laughs) First eighty minutes was god awful. (laughs) There's a lot of history between Huddersfield and Arsenal. Like as the away fans come in, they walk past the statue of uh, Sir Herbert Chapman. Uh, He was their manager and then our manager. Um, You know, there's there's lots of stuff. I I forgot to introduce as well. We have got all the way from uh, Melbourne. Uh, Don't tell me it's fucking hot down there, even at six o'clock in the morning. Uh, mate, it must be uh, 15 degrees overnight. It's pretty muggy at the moment, mate. Ah, my heart bleeds. <laughs> I've got a tall glass of fuck you over here to see me. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Johnny. <laughs> so we're just starting into the Huddersfield game. Some of the match facts about there is um, the Gunners have won 16 of the past 17 Premier League games that have played at 3 o'clock kickoff, the traditional 3 o'clock kickoff, including... Um, their last nine, Arsenal have scored fourteen successive league in in the last fourteen successive league matches. I'm never any good at this shit, am I? I've no. stumbled through this unbelievably. They've conceded in eight straight games. Uh, we've been unbeaten in ten games against Huddersfield, winning eight and drawing two. Huddersfield, on the other hand, their last victory against Arsenal was in Highbury in 1954, and it was a 5-3 win. Huddersfield have lost back-to-back league matches and have previously uh, been unbeaten in three. The Terriers have only won one of their last ten away games, losing on four occasions. Wagner's side have scored in all but one of their past eight league matches. So that sets the scene of where we are. What did you think of the lineups? Where did you watch it? Obviously, various places around the world. And then we'll look at uh, some of the things. Obviously, the, the main thing is Ozil was missing again. Who wants to go first? I'm not surprised that he wasn't playing. Uh, I, I was more surprised that Lacazette and Aubameyang started. I thought it would take the opportunity to, mm-hmm. to play some more youthful players and give the rest uh, a bit of a rest you know, with the busy period coming up and after well, we got, the very busy period we've just had. 
we've got Thursday to run the kids out, haven't we, really? So um, Huddersfield, you'll have seen them, Johnny. They, they weren't a small side. The only one small one in there was their little, what was it, uh, Pritchard? Pritchard. Yeah, he was... And and he was probably as tall as most of our players. They were like brick shit houses. Oh, how big is De Potra? Fuck! I, was, I said to Joe, sits next to me, I said, he, he looks like uh, Deanie before the diet. He was <laughs> huge! <laughs> so, we started off at a four four two. do you reckon? Mm, yeah. No, well, we had five at the back when we started, though, didn't we? Yeah, but uh, sorry. Okay, I'll rephrase that. We started with two up top. Yes, started yeah. with two up top, yeah. and three in the midfield. Did you think Shaka, Gwendozi, and Torreira worked? Yes, but I, I, I still state that Huddersfield manager um, Wagner, 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 whatever. It, tactically, he had it bang on against us. Because he went man for man in the centre three, and he, knowing full well we haven't really got the width in natural wingers, which we keep banging on about every podcast. Yes, we need wingers. Let's get over it. But the centre of the park, they just basically were on us every time they got the ball. Bang, there was on them, and because there was an unfamiliar setup in there, I think it didn't help. But I think tactically, they basically had us in that. And I think we were lucky to get the goal we did in the end because they had, they basically crippled our midfield. Well, I watched uh match today and I, I, uh, this morning and uh, obviously I was at the game uh, and it was a difficult watch. I watched match today. Match today first came in at... Um, 27 minutes of the Bamiyang shot. Max, thoughts? Uh, I thought it was a really interesting concept from Emery because it went against everything I thought he was going to do prior to the game. I thought that we would get through that period, that quantity of games, snatch those points that we got. We were rooted against Man U. Torreira was absolutely gone at the end of game against Man U. I thought it was much more likely that we'd see a return to two at the back, especially, you know, considering how we're looking for central defenders, and that we might see someone like Ainsley Maitland-Niles come in, maybe in a midfield three with Genduzi and Xhaka. And um, about 20 minutes into the game, I realised that what I thought Emery's tactic was, was to send the guys out to empty their tanks in the first half an hour or 40 minutes because he knew they weren't going to have the legs for the rest of it. I mean, Kalasinak was running in Wellington boots. Aubameyang looked cooked. Uh, a, a couple of the boys looked absolutely gone. And fair play to Huddersfield and to Wagner. He went man for man. He went physical. He went foully. And he broke up the game. And I mean, we did have... Uh, there was a couple of opportunities there. It did nearly work. Um, had the goals have gone in. And once those goals didn't go in, I genuinely thought this is going to be a very long, very hard day. And in the end, it was. Manny, what did you make of it? Uh, it was a, it was a terrible watch. Um, but to be fair, I, I kind of expected it, um, considering the the physicality and the intensity of the, you know, the two games before it. Um 
and with very little opportunities to really rotate. Um, yeah, I, I kind of expected it. Uh, to be fair, we looked ugh, we looked shattered, um, really flat. I didn't really like the, the the midfield three. I just felt that there was very little creativity. There wasn't really a, a connector between the midfield and the strikers. So Lacazette and Aubameyang were really isolated um, in that game. Um, Huddersfield came with a game plan to frustrate, to be physical. But what I did like is that we did respond in spurts, especially when Socrates got that yellow. I thought that was great. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, Huddersfield just set up to, to frustrate, and we kind of played into their hands. Really, we couldn't get out. You know, they pressed us. They were, yeah, they were just more intense. I, I mean, it is what it is. I, I expected it. Uh, Johnny, you you said to me something I think around half time about uh, Torreira. What was that? You you didn't expect him to line up, did you? No, I actually thought he'd get rested because of. The extreme effort he puts in in every game, I thought it was more of a game that we could have had him rested because um, we had Guendouzi coming in already. Um, yeah, I, 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 honestly, I, I've said this, I think, on previous podcasts. I don't think you can play um, Terrera, the, the three of them together. I don't think you can play, but I think that was because of the injuries that we have got in the lineups at the minute. Like we've <laughs> Ramsey wasn't available. Uh, obviously, Ozil's not available. So we, we didn't... Did, was it yourself? Um, no, it was Colin who was with us at halftime, said that he felt that it was a perfect match for Ozil to be in because yeah. Yeah. he could have opened opened them up in some way. Oh, yeah, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. That's a not, lot of rubbish. Uh, not Ozil himself, but a creative person that could pick a pass through. And uh, I think that's why Grenduzzi was playing a little bit further forward. And I'm not saying that he is uh, AM, but out of those three, um, I'm more comfortable. He, he tries more risky passes forward, uh, whereas uh, Torreya, as brilliant as he is, is, is more of a get it. Look up, pass, and he, he's not really a, 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 a trying to develop. Play, yeah, he he, bre- he breaks play, play up and creates instance around him. Forward yeah. more than anybody else. Whereas Jacker is more of a link player, and I don't think I don't see him as a, I say a, a lock breaker. And Jacker, uh, do you think he had a better game than? Like you know, he comes into lots and lots of criticism, and we've started to say that he's improved an awful lot around Torreira. Uh, I I thought he improved more again. Um, Jacker had a blinder. Jacker had an absolute blinder, except for his two Jacker moments, which nearly mm. cooked the chook again. So, what do you say about him? I think he had something like. The most amount of clearances, the most amount of tackles, the most amount of duels won, the most amount of passes on the pitch and still managed to produce two pieces of absolute shit that turned into goals. I I said last night on the Ask Brothers with Toby that if this guy could just get his shit together and stop giving away these opportunities five metres away from his box, he'd be something serious. But I don't think it's ever going to come out of his game. But... On the day, I thought he was one of the best three players on the pitch for Arsenal. But do you do you not think that's because he's probably involved with so much of the game? No, and no, if no, you're no, involved because, more, you're going to fuck up more. Well, that would be the case, but his fuck ups are so regularly connected 
to high-risk plays or to him just switching off. So, look, yeah, there's an argument for it, Fergus. I, I agree with you to some some degree that if you are going to have the most amount of touches, the most amount of clearances, etc., 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 you're going to give the ball away. But, yep. I mean, once again, one of his giveaways, I've forgotten where it is, but one of his giveaways is intensely bad. Like, you would you would imagine Emery would just be sitting there thinking, what the fuck are you doing, mate? The, the, the only one opportunity in the whole game, and we'll go a little bit more detail in the game in a second, but um, the one only opportunity I saw that um, Huddersfield had was from a misplaced clearance in the box. I didn't know if that was Mustafi or Shaka, so are you saying that was Shaka, that one? That was Shaka. It was. It was Shaka, okay. Jesus. Okay, I... <laughs> I get your point on that one. I thought it was Mustafi. Uh, again, it's a little bit more difficult to see it from in the stands. Sometimes you can see different things in the stands, and and the Torreira goal at the end, the view I had and what I saw in comparison, every angle on TV was unbelievable. But let's look at the game a little bit more in detail. So at 27 minutes, Abamadyang takes a shot, and, and it's it's. It's bloody close, and there's a save by their keeper, and I'm not even going to try and attempt to pronounce his name. Um, Russell. <laughs> What's that? Russell. <laughs> Losel. Losel. Okay. I'll call him Russell from now on. Yeah, Go on. <laughs> At least it's intentional, the, the name mix up. Yeah. Yes, yes, uh, James. Go on. <laughs> uh, what did you make of it? What the 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 Abamyang uh, shot about half hour in? That uh, you know what the the Shaka people. Some people were saying that it was a shot. Some people were saying that it was a cross. I can't make out because of the pace on it. You would have thought it was a shot, a shit one. Um, but the accuracy, if it was a pass, was pretty good. Thinking that he was going to trap it and then take it, but he should have put that away. You should have. You should have. It, yeah, I, don't, it, I don't think it was a shot. It was on his right foot. Uh, I, I think it was. I think it was a cross. Really, that's a good um, point. Actually, it, it, the, the way he the way he kind of shaped himself, it, it looked more like a cross. You know, and you know, Jacques does not have a right foot at all. So let's let's go with the premise that it was a cross. Now this was that Bamiyang shot. That was no the, the, to get into a Bamiyang. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Because it, it it could have I mean from a certain perspective when you look on the on replays it could be taken either way to be honest, uh, but, but you know uh, my learned friend does make a good point. Okay, um, forty one minutes in the bit of controversy now this is Lacazette's goal, uh, it was deemed offside. Um, the offside was given for a previous fa- phase in the game and not for the back pass bit. Um, what didn't help from watching it in the ground everyone was gone nuts around me when the goal went in and I'd already seen the flag go up I don't know if you did Johnny either but I'd seen the flag go up at the point where um, he was first offside and then there was a couple of phases of player passes and then the goal went in and I went over no 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 it's disallowed but I think the referee took such a long time it might have been a second a second and a half to respond to that offside buzzer in his arm from from the flag, that that's where the confusion has come over. But I, I genuinely thought, looking at the replay as well, he's offside. Do you? Does anyone argue or agree or it's disagree? It's got to be a short if they all agree. It's, it's got to be a new phase of yep. play once the back pass is hit. 
regardless but of what happens the, prior. The, the flag was already up. I mean, I, I'm with Ferg. I, I think right, it was the flag, the flag was up. It, it was called for the, prior for the to the back pass, was it? So the flag went up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, okay, then it's, off, then it's offside. There's no argument. Yeah, that, uh, that, that was my point. And the whole stadium then starts coming on and going at the referee. You don't know what you do and you don't know what you do. And because I'm going to prefer- he didn't. Mm, he didn't have a great. He didn't have a great game. Was, he was shit He was terrible. The referee. I'm, I'm not saying he had a good game, but the thing they started going on about the referee's a wanker and you don't know what you're doing. He actually called it right because his liner called it right, and it, they that was incorrect then. And I, I you know. We talk about, there's a lot of controversy about what crowds say and do and people in crowds say and do over the weekend. Uh, and the reaction, referees getting shit. So I give them plenty of shit, don't get, don't get me wrong. But on that particular occasion, I think it was awful. But talking about the referees, since we're getting into that, and in that first half, um, there were seven yellow, game, uh, yellow cards given out in that um, first half. Um... And Three it's the m- shameful ones for oh, us. Oh, absolutely, absolutely! It was the most in the Premier League since um, uh, since Chelsea Aston Villa in 2011, who also had seven cards. But the tackle on Torreira was an absolute assault. The tackle on oh yeah, he uh, should have been sent off for that. Yeah, absolutely, that was, that, was absolutely. A, that was a straight red. That was a that was a that season was a, ender. Yeah, that was. And Licksteiner, when he got involved, fucking, I want him in my love corner. Him. Oh. Love him. Love it, love it, mm. love it. Everything I've about him. I've wanted some of that for ages. I, yes. said it, I said it the other week. I said that the, the, the guy cannot... What he's done for the club, what we don't see, the intangibles that we don't see behind the scenes, what he's done for the club is so big. And now you're starting mm. to see what he does on the pitch as well. And I love him. He's a nutter. He wants to fight mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, he's the, one he's, he's the one who started with Dyer the week before, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. Yeah, he came along and pinched him. This is brilliant. And did, did you see after uh, it all settled down and there was handbags and everything else, um, Listiner went up to Torreira and went, you all right? You all right? It was like his, like his big brother going, right, we okay? Do you want me to go and sort it out? I'll, I'll have another word if needs be. <laughs> he's, I thought, the, I thought was, he's the father figure we haven't had since Keown, Parler. You know, these old stalwart guys. Yeah, these old stalwart guys who, you know, it didn't matter. Uh, you know, like when Van Nistelrooy missed his penalty and everyone ran over and jumped all over in one of the great Arsenal moments. You know, we haven't had that sort of bite or that sort of balls at Arsenal, that sort of fuckery in just forever. So for me, it was, mate, it, it was the best feeling. I mean, for me, seeing things like that sometimes are as good as seeing goals. You know, as an Arsenal fan who sat by and watched us become more and more timid, you know, year after year. No, no, I, I, I 100% agree. I like to see us standing up for ourselves. We talked about it, I think, last week or the week before about there seems to be a bit more of a unity among the team and uh, the old and the young. They're having fun, but they're, they're willing to go out and fight together and, and have fun together. The, 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 the second uh, yellow that I thought should have been a red was the one on Gwendozi. That, I just saw, it's at the opposite side of the, the pitch to where I am. It's on the halfway line. But I just saw him fly up into the air. It, it, what did people make of that one? I can't remember that one. 
I don't have, I'm gonna I don't have any notes. I didn't see it. What no. did you see, Fergus? It, it was when Doozy was uh, rolling around afterwards injured and there was a little bit of a scuffle. It was over uh, op- opposite the dugout on the halfway line in front of the cannon and mm. he was chucked up in the air. I don't know if it's been shown in the, the replay, but there was a yellow card given out for that one. Yep. And and then there was a yellow card for, was it Socrates' tackle? Loved or was it. it no, no, tackle, it was, yeah, yeah. was it Socrates tackle or was it Shaka's simulation? Uh, Shaka's simulation uh, on the halfway mm-hmm. line, and there was a, an equal. That one was poor. That was a shit dive. Um, and then there was Socrates tackle. He got a yellow card as well, yeah. but he got the ball. He got the ball, but I think it was more the, for the follow through. Socrates, he knew exactly what he was doing. I think he, mm-hmm. in his mind, he got sick of Huddersfield. You know, doing those those little tactics and those tackles. So he thought, you know what, I'm gonna lay out. I'm gonna lay one on on somebody here. You know what I mean? And I I think that was his mentality. Because Socrates is like Lichtsteiner, they're hotheads. Right, they're hotheads. They're gonna go in there. Yeah, but they're older now, so they're not so hot. They're 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 more. Why do you want to tell Licksteiner that? Yeah, because he's the he's (laughs) the oldest in the squad, and look, look at him. He's ready to rumble at any moment. So it's just in their blood. So I think Socrates went in there. He's like, you know what? I'm going to lay down a marker that we're not going to be pushed over by you guys. So I'm going to take this guy out. Love it. Love but it. All of it. it. It's, it's all the, of you've it. got to remember, it, it is the letter of the law that it doesn't matter if they get the ball or not. It's if it's excessive aggression in the tackle, uh, which you could really say it was a bit over the top in terms of aggression. Mm-hmm. As much as I loved it, letter of the law, Got to be a yellow. So Terreira yeah, deserved it. Deserved Ter- it. Terreira had a, a shot, nearly went top bins. Great save by their keeper. Oh, that was a worldie. That, that was, was an absolute worldie. That was, and he is going to get one. Ping. He is going to get one. Mate, he's Sorry, on, go on, Max. He's on fire. He is on mm. absolute fire for us right now. I, I was saying last night. I don't think that there is a player in the Premier League who is being more influential on their team week in, week out than Torreira and therefore it has to be said that he's the best player in the Premier League. Fact. Just based on that parameter of I cannot think of anyone else in the... I'm not saying he's the most skillful player. I'm not saying that he's, you know, the most world-class player. I'm saying in the essence of someone who is having that much impact on a team... There are guys who big clubs have bought in on 60, 70, 80 million pounds who aren't having that level of impact. And I, I loved I think, in this game the way he, if you saw the heat map at half time, no, his starting yeah. position was actually in between Genduzi and Bellerin. So he pulled into that mid space to create the overlap and to create the overload on the right. And early on, that was everything for us. His link up with Bellerin was huge early on. He's a smart player, an intelligent player. And at some point, he's going to stick one top bins and the Emirates is going to come crumbling to the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i got to be bruised again. Yeah. Just to be even on it, in terms of like a new... <clears throat> sign into the season to have made such a huge pivotal difference to where a team plays I would say Jorginho for Chelsea is probably he he's, uh, encompasses everything that Sari wants Absolutely. to play so, but that was more a specific player that that specific manager wanted and knew that he would play everything around it whereas Torreya 
it's made everybody around him better with a manager he's not played with before. So I think he edges it in, and I agree with Max, but someone that comes close, that comes to mind is Jorginho. I I think uh, Torreira has, as you say, changed our team more than, uh, and changed our style of play. Obviously, everything being on tactics and everything else, but um, yeah, I think he's taken us to a a different level, a different area. Mustafi, uh, finally, on the first half, Christ, we're taking a long time on one half of a very boring game, but Mustafi, (laughs) Mustafi, uh, dive in the box, dive or no dive? Dive. it is a dive, but he did get a touch. There's contact. If, just, just, if it were, just like if Son, it were, just like Son against Tottenham, just like we would say Zaha against us. Um, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a dive. Not every contact is is a penalty. It was the smallest of touches. It was a dive. So if we're gonna abuse Son for his dive, then we've got to hold Mustafi accountable as well. It was a dive. I think Son probably had even less of a touch, but. Might be a dive, but it wasn't simulation. Might be a dive, but it wasn't simulation. Because if there's... For for me, if you're going to give a card for simulation, it needs to be simulation, full-blown, no touch. Because the Premier League is what the Premier League is now. And world football is what world football is. And if people feel a touch, they're going to go down. Is it going down too easily? Yes. Is it trying to buy a foul? Yes. But when I think of simulation, I think more of what happened later in the game for us not what happened to Mustafi. I, yeah. I, I, I said to Terry Curtis, the Ozil lover, um, well, we had fun with him on, on, on Saturday. Oh, I can't believe I missed that. Oh. Uh, especially when the lineups came out. I said to him, though, because he was just beside me, and I said to, uh, there was him and there was Keith and Connor, they were there. Uh, and I said, on that particular one, I said, I'm getting fucked off with... A free kick is the penalty, or a penalty is the penalty. Why does every time a referee blows the whistle that they have to issue a card on top? So that's double penalisation. Do you follow what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I hear you. So it's really a flawed logic, but okay. What do you mean flawed logic? Well, the thing is, certain things require both as to the letter of the law. We have to we have to live by the sword and die by the sword. I, I, I agreed, but it seems that there are so many that you see the softest foul, and they'll dish a card out as well. Oh, like, that, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. That that um, that referee on Saturday was dished him out like confetti. Exactly. Yeah. I thought I thought it was Christmas. It nearly is, but you know, uh, the, the, like what um, Max just said. Max just said. It was a foul, but it wasn't simulation. So then, why the the yellow card? Obviously, he's misinterpreted what the the dive and so on was. Listen, we'll move on to the second half, and we'll get right through that quite quickly. Arsenal have not led um, in any of their sixteen Premier League games this season at halftime, drawing twelve and losing four of them. Emery also is prone to a half-time substitution. He's made 14 substitutions before the start of the second half in the past 16 games uh, this season. You could never see Wenger doing that. More than any other side, um, and five more than Arsene Wenger made uh, in the whole of uh, 2017-18 season, when he only made nine. So um, Laka and Listiner went off for Iwobi and Mkhitaryan. I was really, really surprised at Laka. I can only think he's carrying an injury. You guys watching it on TV, you might have a better idea or insight to it. What I, I immediately thought 
he's he's trying to get the whip because I I picked up on the three in the middle, getting man marked. So he basically went to a five for across the middle with uh, two wider players. I'm not that we know they're not wide play, proper wide players. They're like centre attacking midfielders played out wide, but. <clears throat> That's what it seemed that he was trying to do. And it did work because he got a bit more drive into the spaces in between the full-backs and the, and the centre-halves. And we did open up a bit more of the space and stretched him a little bit more. Uh, we were after tempo, clearly. Uh, Emery mm. looked at it and realised that we were flat, we needed tempo. He looked at the bench. The two highest tempo players in Arsenal's probably entire squad are Mkhitaryan and Awobi. And for 10 minutes, it looked all right until Awobi went all Awobi. Go on. Well, I mean, I've sort of been banging this drum for a few weeks now and, and you know, Twitter and Arsenal fans forum keep jumping down my neck every time I, I slag off our, you know, our rose-tinted glasses hero of, of Arsenal this season. But Awobi is systematically getting worse. He's heavy touched. Mm-hmm. He's got his head down. He runs into the box. He's got a bit of Jovino about him. He does everything well in the third before the final third and then gets into the final third and goes, I'm not sure why I'm here, boys. I might just run down a blind alley or throw a leg over. I don't know whether he lacks the personality to be a, a top flight player. I don't know what's going on with him, but he was pretty much the worst player on the pitch. Right, you know what it is. He will be, man. Yeah, yeah I like it. I like it, man. His, his first touch was getting on my last nerve. It's like, come on, just it was going so far away from him, and I've been having a good laugh at Lukaku all season, but I swear he 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 was in Iwobi's body at the during that second half. His first touch was poor. Um, he he did put in a, a good ball for for Kalasenag, but. Fucking hell, he was driving me insane. You know what it is? He started to believe his own hype. He started the season really well and started to believe his own hype. Mm. And rather than carry on with the same concentration, he's lost about 5%. And that's all it takes is to just lose well, we, a little we, bit. We had the conversation. It's one of the um, mini podcasts that we've done mm. about the, the, the you know the minute percentages is is makes a huge difference, doesn't it? And five yeah. percent, fuck me. I, even if you lose one percent, you're way That's out, what it out takes. of the game. It takes a marginal difference. Yeah, and I think him just believing his own hype and thinking, "Oh, I've arrived," but and really... he, he he had he had arrived on the doorstep, but he hadn't entered the house. Good analogy. Yeah. Oh, I'm good. Gwendozy. Now, was that one a dive or not? And on, 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. That's a poor one as well. Yeah. I, I just said to the guys beside me, they're all going, penalty, penalty. One guy was, he was, he was behind me and he was fucking getting really vile. Didn't say anything out of turn, but it was just like, fuck. And I turned around and said, mate, he's gone down like a sack of shit. He gone, what? I said, he dived, he's just dropped to the, you know, like the floor, like he's been fucking shot. And he went, yeah, I know, but you still got to shout for it, haven't you? And I, I went to calm it down, I went, yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. But I, I try and look at a game of football, especially when I haven't had a beer, um, try to have a look at a game of football a little bit more objectively. 
on an yeah. even keel. Yeah, it's never 100% even when it's Arsenal, but yes, more even than, than anything else. Like our conversations are half-time, Johnny. Like, you know, we, mm. we do have a chat. We do generally have a, an even view of the game, don't we? Yeah. yeah. So, um, we agree it was a dive, um, and for that, definitely simulation, and that definitely a yellow card. Um, definitely shameful. Yeah, because another one who's starting to believe his hype a little bit, great player, but calm the fuck down a minute, mate. Yeah, so I've been I, on him for a couple of, for a couple of games now. I, I, I didn't understand the hype around him in the Manchester United game. I didn't think he had a good game there. I didn't think didn't, he had a. I didn't, didn't think he had a fantastic game here. Again, nope. I think that you can get carried away with someone's work rate, hiding a little bit of his poor discipline. And I'm at a point where I'm wondering what he is because he's not a pass master. He's really slow. Like quite unathletic, and I noticed that a couple of times in this game that when he tried to burst into space, he he didn't have the pace. He's been doing this thing where he gets himself into very dangerous situations and waits for the contact and falls over all year. He's been buying it's, fouls it, since it the start like you're of the season. About Mustafi. Yeah, <laughs> it's all of those all of those points is all Mustafi. <laughs> he's standing there waiting uh, for the uh, contact to go down like he did against Chelsea. I have to ha- happen to agree with Max and I, I know that um, the guy's young and we've I've gone over time after time after time he's young he's come from League 2 I've maintained it from the start he is a good talent he, he he's like a Wobie was a few years back a good talent probably at a higher level than a Wobie is probably now uh, but uh, was definitely at when he was at the same level. Um, but he's erratic. He spends an awful lot of his time and his energy with his hair, his arms, uh, and a lot of the power of his body is not actually hitting the ground and pushing him forward. It's just holding his hair up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, Terrera, Abamyang, I'll, t- I'll tell you how I saw it. And I don't know, Johnny. You're round behind the goal, so. Mm. But I, I'm I'm like side on the goal. Abamyang just got this ball. It went slightly behind him. It stuck to his feet a little bit, but he was able to hold onto that ball really well. And how he got that cross into Torreira, and then Torreira could have made made it look a little bit more simple. But he done a spectacular overhead kick. What a goal! Um, a little. A little bit unfortunate for Huddersfield because they probably had deserved a draw, even though they do, did do a lot of time-wasting and dirty tactics. But, yeah, but great goal nonetheless. No, they didn't deserve anything. No? Nope. Fuck them. We move on. <laughs> Fuck them. in a good mood. Most amount Fuck of fouls em. in a half. More fouls in the first half than any other Premier League had, any other Premier League team had in the entire game. This week. Exactly. So, fuck them. They, 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 they knew exactly what they were doing. Fuck them. We took the three points. Go back wherever the hell they're, they're from. Fuck them. Fuck them. Okay. Possession-wise, we had 62 versus their 38. Shots, we had 14 versus 2. Um, uh, off that, that was just general shots. Corners, 7 versus 1. Fouls, as you were saying, 13 versus 20. So, we, we gave as good as we got. Um, but there were just two shots on target in this game, the fewest in any Premier League since Watford v Stoke last year when there was only two. Fucking Watford-Stoke. How can we be in the same 
bracket as fucking Stoke. Jeez. Doesn't it doesn't matter because we're winning games in the Premier League and they're stewing in the championship levels. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Just rugby team. <laughs> yeah, fuck again. Another team. Fuck them. Prediction league wise, um, we all got one point. I went for 3-0. Manny went for 3-0. Mike went for 2-0. Scunny on behalf of the guests for 2-1. So the points have just racked up one. So myself and Mike are on 22. The guests are on 19. Manny on 24. Um, the cost of the game, though, the yellow cards, mm. for such a and low... Can we go straight into... Sa- and, and the injury, to, and the injury, and the injury to Mustafi. I mean, if the, if the, if the one-week ban for Mustafi wasn't bad enough, he then went and decided to ping his hamstring as well. So that's got to be at least... What's a hamstring usually? Three to five weeks? Three weeks. Yeah. Well, I had written down here, considering Lauren Cachelny and Nacho Manuel are just back on the way back in. Rob Holding has been sidelined uh, for nine months. We've got one hell of a defense, defensive headache um, we could do without. What, what what would you do? We've got the... We, we, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll change it up a little bit because one of time that we've spent on a, a very boring game. We'll mix up... Uh, the Southampton and the Carabag game together because it, it, they're almost going to be interlinked because we're probably going to play a lot of youth players and so on the Carabag game and then the issues we got around squad rotation and training uh, sorry and, and and team squads for the Southampton game on Sunday you know who where do you see the back line? What do you see us doing first of all for the carrier bag game? Uh, no one above the age Mac, of yes, Mac, no one above the age of seventeen goes to Carabag, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. You know, I mean take them for an experience and none of this shit about bringing players and sticking them on the bus for the the only guy who should be going over there to be a leader should be Czech and everyone else should be an under twenty one. It's an eight day break until the Southampton game. We're all stuffed. The whole team is stuffed. I think they're mentally tired as well on top of being physically tired. I thought in this game it wasn't just a physical Mm -hmm. tiredness. There was a a lack of invention based on how much football they'd played. Two huge games with Man United and Tottenham beforehand. Absolutely, absolutely. So against Carabag, I mean everyone who's a kid. Ainsley Maitland-Niles captain, you know, Niketia, Willick, uh, Death Row, all of those kids, all the guys who came on at halftime, in the last game in Europa, you know, who got a little run as well. Mate, just stick all of those guys on the bus, put the whole under-21s team on the bus and just go for it. We've already qualified. It's a dead rubber. There's no need to do anything else. Would you sacrifice... uh, Manny, you can answer this one. Would you sacrifice this game and losing... I know it's at the Arsenal and, in fairness, we should beat them. Um, Mm. Would you sacrifice and uh, be willing to have a loss in this game by uh, siding such a a weakened youth side to end the unbeaten run? Um, To be honest with you, I think the youth side are going to beat them. Um, I think Carabag are terrible. I think it'll be a mixture of of youth and, you know, French players. I think your Lennies will come in, your Lichtsteiner will come in. I think Koscielny will get like 45 minutes. Um, but I think it'll be a team that'll be um, good enough to beat Carabag. Um, if I had to answer your question, uh, I'd say yeah. I mean, Southampton is more important at this point. We, it's a, it's the epitome of a dead game. We we we're top of the we're top of the table. Whatever happens, um, so 
Yeah, I'd say yeah to answer your question. And Johnny, what do you see with Southampton then? Where do you see lineups and and so on with Southampton? I'm with the guys. I think it should be the use team on Thursday, and then against Southampton, uh, probably a back to a full strength team again. But do we have a full strength team between well, yellow cards? Yeah, because you've got Socrates and Mustafia both banned. Banned um, anyway, some injured, but yeah. Yeah, so. Torreira's on four yellows. He is. He is. And he's uh, bound to get one at Southampton. Probably, but I mean, who have we got after Southampton? It's a long, easy run. We've got, a, a, like, the, the fixture list is piled up, but as far as the games that we have throughout. December. We don't have another big game again until Liverpool, which I think right. is uh, except four, for the League four Cup games, four games away. I just mean Premiership. You know, I'm I'm, yeah, okay. real, I'm really Premiership centric this year. I didn't expect us to be in the position we were in. I expected us to be a bit of a cup side this year, and I think that we have to look at that and say, well, what's serious for Arsenal? What's important for Arsenal? What's important for Arsenal is that we're in that top four hunt and we're back around it. So. I mean, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's rest everyone in the Carabag game. Rest the lot and, and go out at Southampton and put out whatever the best possible 11 we can in the best possible formation we can put out and go and get the three points and push on. I hear, hear. As, mm-hmm. as Manny would say, preach. Preach. Um, just uh, touching on the Arsenal ladies and then we'll go into the Guna debate which will link back into what you just said there about um, the Premier League and so on especially especially since what Chelsea did at Man City uh, has just blown it all apart and it blows it wide open that we can probably look a little bit higher than where our expectations are in my view so Jordan Nobbs misses uh, the World Cup uh, in France due to her ACL injury Uh, an Arsenal player Sylvan Flores uh, featured for Mexico in the ladies' or women's under-17s World Cup final against Spain on Saturday. She played in all six of Mexico's fixtures uh, uh, in the build-up to the final. Uh, she was unable to stop them slipping to a 2-1 defeat uh, as a brace from Claudia Pina condemned them to to Mexico um, to defeat. Mexico qualified from the group stages following... Um, outings against South Africa, Brazil, Japan, uh, before defeating Ghana 4-2 in penalties in the quarterfinals. And they went on to beat Canada 1-0 in the semifinals. So, you know, another Arsenal women's uh, player doing very, very well. Man City, on the other hand, uh, we didn't have a league game. We were in the cup uh, at the weekend, so we didn't have a league game. So Man City were in the league and they beat Birmingham 1-0, so they've drawn level in points with Arsenal in the WSL, but we do have a game in hand. Our next fixture, again a cup game, is against the Millwall Lionesses away. Um, I don't know what ticket prices are like there, but you know, get yourself down there, support the ladies, uh, up the Arsenal. So, quite a lot's happened. You've got, what we got? We got the Copa Libertores, uh, final that was on the other uh, last night, and uh, I think was it River Plate one. It was that like five three on aggregate uh, after after extra time. Yeah, apparently so, uh, I didn't watch it. Apparently, a great game and a great example of counter attacking football. Um, one of the goals in extra time was uh, by a guy called Quintero, who Real Madrid wanted to buy, I think, in the summer, 
and his first touch uh, would probably make uh, Manny cream in his pants. Uh, apparently it was amazing first touch and he absolutely buried it. I haven't seen it, but everything I've read and heard about it is just like massive. Um, one of the things that we did happen in, was it Man- Manchester, was um, Rob Holding. We've lost uh, Rob Holding uh, to injury. Um, All three centre-halves are out for, some, for the next game. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> we haven't got, we haven't got a, a recognised centre-half in the next game. But We're basically we've fucked. We've got a left-back, a right-back, and a bloke coming back from one of the worst injuries in football who hasn't played a minute for the first team yet. Yeah, Koscielny's going to have to get some game time on against Carabag. I wonder whether I think you he give will him have game time. I wonder whether you give him game time or you just wrap him up for another week because it's it's such an injury of it's such an injury of time from what we read. Like the the Achilles needs to reattach molecularly mm. molecularly back to where it was, and it's one of those injuries that is just one hundred percent time. I wonder whether or not you just wrap him in cotton wool for another week and keep him training and keep him moving and then throw him out. Um, so looking at uh, that, um, other injuries that we've got is Welbeck. Obviously, we know what's happening with him. Uh, Ramsey, his right ankle. Uh, he was reassessed for the head of the... Um, the Huddersfield game, but I don't know, maybe he'll get a game out, uh, probably I, I expect on Sunday. Mustafi, we don't know, there's still some stuff on there. Ozil, we don't know about his back. Hmm. Liverpool game, what did you make of the Liverpool game? We are going to do the Chelsea game after this because they're the two outstanding games and the, the, the games that there's more to talk about. Uh, the Liverpool game at Bournemouth, like we went out there and we struggled and they just smashed them apart. Go on, lads. Have a chat. Such is the Premiership now. Such is the Premiership that we do Tottenham, Tottenham do Chelsea, Chelsea do City, City does us. I mean, it's it's like they say, you know, styles make fights, and different teams are going to go out in different ways. And the Premiership now is is about being able to tactically break someone down. And there are so many games; they are so thick and fast. So I don't read so much into it that we struggled against them, or that you know they beat them and we beat them and they beat us and it's this great merry-go-round, you know, such is the premiership. Yeah, exactly. I'm not I'm not reading too much into it either. Um, I just see that Bournemouth has... Bournemouth had nothing really to, to hurt Liverpool with. I mean, Liverpool were able to monopolise the ball with relative ease. I mean, Bournemouth looked shattered. Um, so again, I'm not reading too much into it. I still don't think Liverpool are playing the way that they were last season. Um, I think their their run is going to end. Like somebody is going to beat them. I, mean, I don't think they're as great as people make them out to be. Um, and I'm looking forward to them losing, uh, just so they can put this unbeaten talk to to bed and put Liverpool down to another pedestal. Because I've got Liverpool mates, and they are getting on my last nerve. Like I've had <laughs> enough of listening to them talk rubbish. Like, what gives you the right to talk so much shit? You know, Liverpool fans need to relax. In fairness... If I hear one more scouse to say, is is our year, son? Is our year? I'm going to go fucking mental. They sound like fucking... They sound like fucking 
Spurs fans. It, it, it's our year's ended in a one and all that bollocks. But in fairness, uh, Chelsea did do us a favour um, because I honestly could see City gone unbeaten all season. Um, they are the only team that look that good. Uh, it, it could actually open up to a complete other debate. Are they better than the Invincibles? Nope. If the if they go through this season unbeaten, they I was going to say they're better, but it's a bigger achievement. Yes, because I think there's it's a much harder league. Yeah, the level, is, the level is higher, top to bottom now. The level's yes. higher. The level's higher, tenth to relegation now than what it ever was. There's not just three big teams in the Prem that you have to beat anymore. There's probably six big teams in the Prem. But fuck them. There's well, only one Invincibles. Yeah. Well, when we did it, we only had one rival. That was Man U. The mm-hmm. money hadn't really hit yet in uh, Chelsea. Yeah, it definitely hadn't hit yet in Manchester. So there wasn't really another rival. No. Yeah, Our trophy's gold, them. boys. Our trophy's gold. Yeah, man. You have to get up at every single game and still perform to a certain level so you don't lose a match. I mean, come on. I can't imagine how much mental strength it would have taken for them guys to do it. Game after game. I mean, come on. And the other game that was in the... Um, in, it's very much in the spotlight at the moment and following on from what we had happen at the Emirates uh, last week, um, the Chelsea 2-0. Yes, for all the reason we said, it was great to see Chelsea um, stop uh, stop the, the un, uh, their unbeaten run. But those dickheads in the corner. Are you surprised? Are any of you guys Not, truly surprised? From che- from Chelsea, no. Um, but from twenty from twenty eighteen, yes. Uh, and apparently, the guy's trying to say he said Mank, Mank. rather than Black. Oh, uh, please! What are those about bollocks? But I'll, I'm going to get add a bit of texture to this in terms of Chelsea fans. There are a group of Chelsea fans called Chelsea Headhunters. Yeah, that's um, their firm. That's their firm. Back, say, 10 years ago, um, 10, 15 years ago, he, he, there was a big... I was still living in East London, and there was a big thing about around BMP and all this, way before Brexit. One of the most racist people I knew, and it was all centred around being Chelsea and... Uh, all these guys are all skinhead BMP. But Johnny, that that's that's one sort of type of people. And yeah, I know you're talking about your typical like this is England 1986 or whatever, like the skinhead uh, boots and everything else. Th- these two, they three were guys a are a stereotype, and they still are. I, I, no, I, I agree. But these guys you see in the corner by Stamford Bridge. They look like me. They look like you. Well, they're more like me because just age. They're like 40, they 50 like year, year old guys. They ticket holding professionals. That was the thing that blew me away. It wasn't like I was looking at some, you know, Millwall skinhead or something like that. He looked like a, you know, a season ticket holding professional screaming this in this guy's face. And in the mm. modern day, surely you know that you're going to get picked up on camera or you're going to get picked up on audio, especially when on the fecking fence line like hmm. you know it's not like you're shouting from 30 rows backwards you stupid fuckwit 
But it, it, every, everything's on CCTV. Uh, everything's recorded. It, we had an incident when that all kicked off. Remember, I said it all kicked off at the Tottenham game, and there was uh, coffee, beer, everything gone down on top of Dyer when he he started with Listine or Listine the other way around. But we'll say Dyer started. Um, we had the stewards come in and pull a guy out behind me. Uh, for a coin throwing incident that they had looked back they got the wrong guy um how can they go to work and face the, their colleagues peers it, 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 they, i expect I, I expect they work and live in london if you work and live in london you are going to meet somebody from some ethnic background and not just english not just black not just irish not just Arabic, Muslim, Pakistani, Chinese. London's a melting pot. They've got... Fellas, I'm not surprised by any of this when you look at society itself, when you look at the fact that people are still so ignorant that they will hate you just because of the color of your skin they don't know you personally they don't know what you're about but just because you look different they're going to hate you now in football they have set a precedent where incidences incidents like this are given a slap on the wrist where the club are punished but they're given so little fines that it doesn't really matter until the people at the top Right. First of all, until they start hiring people who truly understand what it feels like to be a Raheem Sterling, until the people who are setting the rules truly understand what it feels like, there is never going to be a change and things like this are going to continue to happen. And when you have people like, because I know you guys listen to talk sport a lot, right? On my Twitter, somebody retweeted what that idiot Dave Kitson came out and said, pointing to Raheem Sterling's Instagram, saying that him posting pictures of him with cars and pictures of him in his, in his house and whatever has drawn people to be envious. Now, if you're telling me that somebody went on his Instagram and they're going to go to a game and abuse him, you're chatting shit, my friend. It's nothing to do with the fact that he's, that he's got cars and this and that. It's the fact that certain people in society look at him and go, you know what, you're young, you're black and you are not allowed to look the way you look and you're not allowed to take pictures the way you want to take pictures it's a load of fucking bullshit sorry i'm getting like really emotional about it because i keep on seeing it right and it keeps on happening and the thing is when you look i'm glad that sterling actually pointed to the media i was gonna ask it i was gonna ask you manny though do you agree with sterling's point about um if a white kid or a spanish kid I, i think he just went white and black but if a white spanish uh origin or a black kid goes and buys a house for the mum that, that it's portrayed worse. Look at the way it was portrayed. I mean, the Phil Foden one was, you know, Phil Foden buys a house for his mum. The other one was a Man City player who has no minutes in the Premier League went and spent this amount on his mum's house. Who gives a fuck how much he spent? Right? If you're in a position where you are able to help your family, you're going to do that. So what does it matter if he hasn't played a minute of Premier League football? The fact is that he's buying he's got a house for his mum. Exactly. And he's buying a house for his mum. A lot of people would do that. But they went unfocused on the fact that he's never played the Premier League minute. What the hell has that got to do with anything? I do not want people, people who have no understanding of what it feels like to be abused because of what you look. I don't want people having any opinion about this. You have no right to tell me that Raheem Sterling should be abused because of what he puts on his Instagram. It's got nothing to do with that. It's personal. And Manny, you, you, you mentioned talk sport and... Uh, I was uh, <laughs> absolutely. I was. I was listening yesterday, and um, 
Glenn Denning and who, who the two that do that shit on a Saturday morning and I, Glenn Denning really gets on my nerves for an Irish guy uh, you know uh, I just find them they were making fun and a mockery of it just going ah well you know it's nothing it's just a fucking joke you know they're, well normalising uh, it since when is it a joke yeah. to, to make fun of the way somebody, where somebody's from like they don't know him personally but it's the fact that he looks different they're just pointing to that and, and trying to get different. a rise out of him how does he look different he, does, he looks like half the fucking population of the country look different to them they don't know him personally so the only thing that they're going to attack him with is the colour of his skin and the fact that people are trying to normalise this as if this is banter it's not banter right it's personal no banter that, that was the other thing that was going to lead on to um, they uh, I think the producers must have had se- said something after that because the next programme that came on I was in the car a lot and the next programme that came on they uh, addressed it in a much more uh, respectful and understanding that, like, oh, fucking hell, Glenn Denning has been a bit, like, you know, flippant about the whole thing. But today, Jim White's show, uh, he took it to the other extreme in the sense that come along and said, oh, we shouldn't be allowed to say anything. You know, at football, I'm going to go into one of those ones where I go on the, uh, teeter along the fence. And again, this isn't my opinion. This is just... Well, it's partly my opinion, but it's not my opinion on uh, race, creed, or racial uh, racial abuse or anything like that. I don't agree with any racial abuse. I've been subject to stuff myself as a, an Irishman in, in in London in the eighties and stuff like that, and the nineties, which we don't need to go into. But uh, it, it it ain't pleasant. Um, but they were on about like, oh, we shouldn't be shouting stuff, and it shouldn't be. It, it should only just be a banter level. But when you've got, I don't know. Um, Young or Ashley Cole or any of the Tottenham warming up in front of us at the North Bank, they get fucking hurls of abuse. It's not because of the colour of the skin. It's not because of... It's just because Young dives a lot and you'll just call him a dive and see you next Tuesday. Uh, if it's Ashley Cole or a mobile phone, we just give him dog's abuse because that's not the, the colour of the skin. And anybody who's Tottenham, black, white, yellow, green, it's because they're Tottenham. That should remain... As long as it doesn't get into like you know, I'm gonna fucking kill you and that sort of stuff. But you shouldn't be you shouldn't be having a go with somebody because they're you know they're from whatever part of the world are eth- but it happens, ethnic origin. It? But it happens, and like I said, it doesn't. You, you know until, what? I, it doesn't happen the, at Arsenal. The, the, it doesn't happen it, at Arsenal. I've not heard it at Arsenal. <laughs> and 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 going going back to talking about the headhunters, Johnny. Um, you had the herd, and um, the herd, which is the Arsenal, at the Gooners, the herd, uh, EIE, which are the Arsenal firm. They um, had uh, Denton, and Denton was the the leader of um, basically the leader of the of the Arsenal firm. And Denton, big black guy, really friendly, but you know he he looked after everybody. I, I, I read stories. I haven't been involved in any of that. And I read stories, and obviously stories are looking retrospectively, and people look kindly and respect re- retrospectively over over things. But um, he and his mates, because Arsenal was multiracial, because it was in within London and everything else, it was one of the few clubs where the National Front, because the National Front clung on to hooliganism uh, within the football uh, organisation in the in the, the 80s and stuff like that. But Arsenal, due to Denton and, and some, some of the other stuff that was done, um, were one of the few sides that National Front never got there. So, you know, that's why I say I don't hear it at the Arsenal. Around me, 
Oh, it's like it's it's like I don't know I don't know a right mixture of smarties. <laughs> Things like, like I said, I've had, to, I've, had a, I've had to have a couple of words this <laughs> season with uh, non-regulars who who have been behind me in in, in certain games. And it I've happens. Had to, I, I, I have, I've got um, a father and son, uh, Ghanaian guys, who sit there, a couple of seats down from me, and they're lovely, lovely fellas. And I'm hearing this racial bullshit from behind me, and uh, I have to reach around Joe, who is the uh, older lady who, sit, who sits directly next to me, and I reach around her and then grab his arm as if to say. Take a take a breath. I'll I'll deal with this. And I turn around and I give them both barrels. And <clears throat> anybody who's met me knows I'm not a violent person. No, you're not. Um, I, I'm very nice. Fucking ugly, but not violent. <laughs> but but <laughs> I do have 15 years of martial arts experience. I do have it in me to hurt someone if I really really wanted to. I haven't had to lift my fists in 20 years. Um, in hate or otherwise but this guy got what I can only uh, from his reaction feel was the worst daggers I've ever given anybody ever because I, I nearly lost my temper and I never lose my temper I never even raise my voice unless I'm at the football and Ooh. the guy basically disappeared after half time Good. and fuck didn't em. come back fuck him until things at the very top until you break that's that that monotony of the snowy white peaks until you get people at the right level who can actually influence change it's always going to happen until you start hitting the club where it hurts with points actually deducting points actually hitting them where it's going to affect the fans it's not going to change and society Give them a home game where they can't have any fans in the stadium i mean that that sorts it almost immediately and i said this after we spoke about it Two yeah, but they had ago. that with England, Croatia, Max, and it ends up just being a dud yeah, rubber of a mean, game. It, it, and hurts, it, it, hurts, it hurts the club, and I think... It, it, it doesn't, because they still get shown on TV, and they still get, an they still get loads of money. One thing, an international is one thing, but, you know, Manny said it, I've said it before, you know, unless you start coming down with sanctions that are of the highest tier, the most serious sanctions that you can see, and those... I mean, these clubs have so much money. What, you go find a club... You know, thirty thousand pounds, sixty grand. Like yeah, they, they, you know, they pay their tea lady nothing. that. Yeah, he reaches into his pocket and pulls it out and gives him a bit extra on top of it as well. You know, you have to find a way that you can hurt them. And one of the reasons why I like banning the fans, I understand what you're saying, folks. One of the reasons why I like banning the fans goes back to what Johnny just said. You know, it's going to turn those fans against those hate-filled wankers. Mm-hmm. It's going to make them turn insular against them and look after their own. I think that's the only way that you can that you can get I, done. I also I think there should you. be some kind of a service as well, where maybe you're able to, whether it be anonymous you can, you or can not, text. actually you, dob these guys in, in, and if they get enough texts, someone will come down and do something. No, does you, that can, exist, you can in, in the ground, Max. In the ground, uh, if you're in the loo when you're having a piss, they've got all these posters. One of Ozil, <laughs> don't know why. Um, target practice, maybe. But they've also <laughs> like, have you seen some that offended you? Has somebody said something? 
racial, homophobic, somebody smoking, what, whatever it be, uh, text, I think it's 67777, and just put in your row number and your seat number, and they'll know, and uh, Stuart will come down and talk to you and or come around in the area. You can put details in there, and they'll come down anonymous, anonymously and uh, try and resolve the problem. Look, the, the good thing about this shit situation is... People are talking about it, and the general consensus. Look, we've got three guy, three white guys, and a black guy, and the three white guys are just as incensed as the black guy. You go back pff, ten years ago, twenty years ago, it would have been less so. Um, and I think that is the general consensus within society at the moment. People find this unacceptable in this day and age that we shouldn't be accepting this. We don't accept people treating women badly. We don't accept people treating anybody badly in any way. That look, we're all just human beings love and light bulbs and all that sort of stuff yeah if and if you partake in any, any of all this you're a cockwomble enough said really there isn't it <laughs> <laughs> I like that phrase it, it does sum it up so a wandering cockwomble Anyway, Manny, Manny has uh, gone on mute for a minute because Manny's quite wound up. Uh, Manny, listen, thanks very much for having you on. Um, uh, do come back in and say goodbye to everybody. Uh, Johnny, again, thanks for, for joining us. Uh, Max, good morning. Good morning, uh, it's mate. Good to, it's, it's good to hear your, uh, that you can have a croaky voice as well sometimes. <laughs> yeah, mate. I think this is my first ever fully sober podcast on any platform. So, well, uh, can I just say I cr- I went on mute and I cracked open a beer while I was talking to you about five minutes ago. So, <laughs> cheers, mate. Cheers, mm, mate. Mm, mm. Mm, yeah. Oh, that feels good. <laughs> yeah, payback. <laughs> Payback's a bitch, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Right, listen, thanks very much, everybody. You have been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Um, we have our latest update on our website, so have a look at that. It's uh, gunsandyellowribbons.com. Uh, we've got some, something in the banter section about Gwen Doozy. Um, obviously, we'll have uh, Manny's uh, Gooner to Gooner coming up, so you'll find a little bit about behind the man behind Manny. That'll be coming up either today or tomorrow uh, on the podcast, and obviously this podcast coming up as well. Um, enjoy. Uh, Keep listening, like us, share us, tell all your mates about us, uh, and even give us a review of the Arsenal. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.